kids, parents, and school districts around Illinois are struggling to make sense of a judge's ruling against the state's mask mandate for schools. Governor Pritzker says the ruling is wrong and that masks are one of the most effective ways to combat COVID-19. The governor accused the judge of, quote, poor legal reasoning, has instructed the state's attorney general to appeal. So joining us to sort through this is Hannah Meisel, state government and politics reporter for NPR Illinois. Hi, Hannah. Hi, Sasha. Thanks for having me. Also with us are two parents on both sides of the masking divide. Ronick Maceria of Wheaton supports mandatory masks. Hi, Ronick. Welcome. Hi. And Heather Dusick of Barrington supports the rights of families to choose whether their kids mask in schools. Hi, Heather. Hi. And we also want to hear from you. Tell us, what is happening at your child's school? Are kids still wearing masks? Are they going maskless or... Are you in one of those districts that canceled classes yesterday amid the confusion? I'll start with you, Hannah. Can you just give us a brief summary of what exactly is going on here, starting with that ruling from the judge on Friday? That's right. Uh, judge Raylene Grishow uh, down in Springfield, um, she issued a what's called a temporary restraining order. She believes that the uh, Governor J.B. Pritzker's executive orders on max mandates in schools and uh, requirements for vaccination or in the alternative regular COVID testing uh, should be voided. Um, you know, the, the legal argument from folks who have been fighting this for months is that these things are a form of quarantine. And uh, the judge agreed. And she said, uh, you know, really only the Department of Public Health and local health departments can quarantine folks. And that would require this you know, 48 hour due process and so, you know, she said, basically, uh, this is this is not right that uh, folks are being quarantined without, you know, their due process. Now, obviously, the governor uh, disagrees and he is appealing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, this has been, uh, like you mentioned, very messy. And, uh, you know, I should also mention uh, the judge's uh, temporary restraining order applies to uh, close uh, contacts of those who are known to have COVID. So that's, you know, another layer of uh, you know, complication here. Yeah, definitely folks on both sides of the coin here. Where are we today, Hannah? Are all Illinois school districts open again? So there were, you know, a handful of big districts that uh, closed yesterday because of the confusion. Um, you know, some, I think, districts were waiting on uh, to see whether the uh, district court in Springfield would uh, stay the decision while their, the appeal was being fought that didn't end up happening. And, you know, late Sunday and even Monday morning, uh, districts announced closures. Um, but, you know, what happened today is uh, split. You know, I think most of them are back open. I didn't get a definitive answer be uh, from the board of the state's board of education before we started, uh, you know, taping. Right, But uh, from what I've seen, all the districts I heard of yesterday that were closed open today um, you know, Algonquin School District way out west uh, with uh, schools in Carpentersville and Hampshire, mm -hmm. uh, they closed yesterday and they decided to uh, stick with the mask mandate despite being named in the lawsuit. Uh, and so the only folks who in their uh, eyes, uh, you know, don't don't have to wear masks are the specific kids named in the lawsuit. Other districts have gone the other way, you know, after being closed yesterday, they decided, okay, we will, um, you know, we've sorted it out, we've talked with our lawyers, and we will, uh, for now, go along with the judge's temporary restraining order. And a reminder, we want to hear from you on this discussion as well. Tell us, 
what is happening in your neck of the woods, what's happening at your child's school, whether kids are still wearing masks, whether they're going maskless, or if you're in a district that canceled classes yesterday because it was just too confusing. Hannah, let's hear from some parents now. Uh, Ronick, you've been keeping your daughter home this week. Is that right? Since your school in Wheaton went mask optional? That's correct. I refused to send her to attend in-person school, and the school refuses to provide for a safe learning environment. What are your main concerns? I have an unvaccinated two-year-old at home who is not eligible for vaccination at all because he's under the age of five. And more importantly, even if we were a fully vaccinated household, I would have strong concerns about sending my child into a mask optional district right now. We all want an off-ramp to this pandemic, and we can get there if we use our common sense and we listen to public health experts. But unfortunately, there's a very vocal minority, not just locally, but also nationally, that has driven the conversation around COVID and has made this a matter of individual freedoms. And individual freedoms are limited all the time, um, and they should be in the midst of a deadly pandemic. We should be listening to public health experts, not lawyers who sue, not downstate judges who have their own agendas, not uh, politicians. We should be listening to public health experts and the transmission rates right now, the positivity rates, the number of deaths we had. We have had over 2,500 deaths yesterday, the low vaccination rates in school populations. All of that tells us that we need to maintain masking in the schools, and that's what's helped keep schools open. You know, people here, there's a segment of the population that thinks they won something. They are celebrating a victory, and that is going to come back to bite them when schools get shut down. What if this conversation goes on for a a number of weeks, Ronig? When do you plan to send her back to school? I will not be sending her back as long as my district is mask optional. Heather, I want to bring you in here. You have a very different perspective on what's going on. What was your reaction to the judge's ruling on Friday? Um, I was extremely happy and relieved um, that I was able to send my kids to school without their masks on. Um, You know, I understand many parents are concerned. So I really have believed in this being a choice for a long time now. Um, And my reasoning for that is, you know, when we talk about public health experts, even the CDC has said the cloth masks really do not stop transmission. Um, Alternatively, N95s do work to protect the wearer. And that's really a strong point that I like to bring up for mask optional, that if somebody does feel that they need that extra protection, I totally understand that. And an N95 will protect that wearer, where if somebody, their risk um, looks different, then they should be able to just go free. You know, I also look at concerns um, beyond just transmission rates. You know, when you look at school-age kids and the number that have died from COVID, um, it's very, very few. And when you take out those with pre-existing conditions, it's, extremely small. Um, You know, when we look back at years where uh, we tracked the flu a little bit um, better, I feel like COVID has clouded that. Um, More kids annually die from the flu. You know, the last year, 2019, more kids died than have died from, you know, October of 2020 to October uh, 2021. And so when we're talking about schools specifically, 
the kids do not have a high risk of contracting a serious disease. Um, you know, and if parents feel that that risk looks different, then, you know, the N95 is a great option here. Um, I also have concerns about what the mental health impact is for kids. Um, you know, I look at mental um, health impact with masks. Yes. Um, you know, and that's, that's harder to track, right? Um, there's not a a nasal swab to test that. You know, we look at things over the past year that have increased things such as suicides among kids, um, suicide attempts, as, you know, recorded by ED visits, um, overdoses. And that, I can agree, is not a perfect cause and effect. But given that the recommendation of the CDC is that the cloth masks do not work much and there are these other mental health implications, and I will say, I sent my kids to school yesterday without their masks on, and there was a mix, a mix of masked and unmasked students, and they came home happier than they have come home all year. It so, really solidified that this is weighing on them. Right. So I, I hear what you're you're saying, Heather, but you know, you're talking about masks not providing uh, cloth masks, as you said, not providing proper protection for the kids, um, and. What I hear sort of minimizing the, the number of deaths that are, are coming, like people are still dying from this virus. It's, it's very real. And Absolutely. so I don't want to minimize the fact that many people have died from this and that no virus is risk free. It just isn't. And I can absolutely agree to that. Um, and that's a risk you're willing to kids. take sending your kids uh, without the masks. Absolutely. Let um, me let me I'm hear. Let more... me bring in some callers here. Jason's been waiting patiently in Logan Square. Hi, Jason. Welcome to Reset. Hi, how are you? Doing well. What's your position here with uh, the masking in schools? So I'm a parent. Uh, my daughter actually attends school in the suburbs in Libertyville. Um, you know, I hear the viewpoint of a parent who elects to not send their child to school with a mask and thinking that it stops there. You have, yes, maybe the rates of children dying of COVID are fairly low, but to be perfectly honest, I think any of them are too many if we can manage this through basic responsibility of wearing a mask. Further, who's to assume that these children don't have, don't have uh, exposure outside of those students? You know, frankly, it's irresponsible to think that it stops and ends in that classroom when it's been proven for the last two years that it doesn't. Thank you for for sharing your thoughts with us, Jason. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you are just tuning in, we're discussing a judge's decision to overrule Illinois' school mask mandate with Hannah Meisel, who's an Illinois government and politics reporter for NPR Illinois. Wheaton parent Ronick Maceria is with us and Barrington parent Heather Dusick as well. Ronick, back to you. You heard what Heather just said is, is happening at schools in Barrington. We talked about you keeping your daughter home for now. What exactly have you heard from other parents about what school looks like in Wheaton right now? I mean, just to address Heather's point about death, you know, that's a very ableist argument that she just made that, you know, the deaths are one few. Any death of a child is one too many. And then secondly, that many of the ones who die have pre-existing conditions. Those children don't deserve to die. And the suggestion that they do is frankly just horrific. Um, with regards to what's happening in Wheaton, I have heard, you know, that this ruling and our superintendent's decision, Jeff Schuler is his name, 
his decision to go mask optional is has opened up a ton of chaos in the schools that, you know, children were ill prepared for this. This was less than 24 hours notice. You know, parents were having to prepare kindergarten age kids, first grade age kids to go into schools and, and let them know, hey, your friends may not be masked. Not only was it that, there was, not only were several children unmasked, teachers that they have trusted that are authority figures in a room were unmasking. They felt unsafe. There were teachers that went home with panic attacks. There were children that went home with panic attacks. There was bullying going on. There's second grade students convincing other second graders to take off their masks and lie to their parents and that they'll give them candy if they take their masks off. Like there's an insane amount of peer pressure and bullying going on as a result of this asinine decision to go mask optional. Superintendents who have no public health background, board officials who are people who live in the community and have no medical background, should not be in a position to make health decisions for our larger community. Let's hear from Jennifer in Lombard. Hi, Jennifer. Welcome to Reset. Hi. Um, I Thank you for having this conversation. Um, so I am the parent of a, uh, a pediatric cancer a child um, who is totally immunocompromised. And I think that is it's nice to be able to just pull out those immunocompromised kids and not count them in as part of it. But we really are missing the fact that these kids don't get a choice. They don't get a choice. They have to deal with their condition every single day. And we want them to be able to go to school. We The studies have been done that um, being in school um, is, is beneficial. Yeah. And it helps their uh, immune, it actually helps boost their mood. It helps their immune responses. We want our kids to be able to be in school. But by uh, not allowing that, not encouraging other kids to essentially not help protect the uh, immunocompromised population really sends a wrong message to these kids. Thank you for sharing, Jennifer. Before I get back to you, Hannah, uh, Heather, I want to give you a chance to to respond here uh, about your position of uh, having uh, your your children not wear masks in school. Do you think about Situations like Jennifer's with a, a immunocompromised child and how that might absolutely, impact. absolutely, and that must. I mean, I can't speak to how difficult that may be um, for parents like that. Um, you know, when I mentioned, you know, the the number of kids that have died from COVID, more kids die from the flu each year. Unfortunately, for those kids, these respiratory viruses um, are a risk that they have had to deal with before and they will have to. Um, it's unfortunate and I feel for them. Um, and, you know, as I mentioned before, the use of an N95 can help protect those kids. Um, and it's disappointing to hear about the chaos in Wheaton. In Barrington, it was quite a smooth transition. Uh, there was actually a board meeting the week before laying out plans, knowing that this uh, ruling was expected. Um, and laying out plans for how that would look like. And, you know, our superintendent did a really great job of putting out there that we need to just be supportive of one another. Everyone has different reasons for making different choices. And it's really important that we still don't judge anyone for whatever choice they make. Um, and, you know, each one can own that. Right. And, you know, everybody has to make their own risk assessment. You know, and again, I am so sorry to hear about people who feel that their kids are unprotected. 
I do feel like there are tools in place and I wouldn't ever want my kids to purposely, you know, be harming other children. You know, they are healthy. They go to school. Should they be sick? Absolutely. They're staying home. Um, Well, Hannah, I want to bring you back into the conversation here. Hannah Meisel from NPR, Illinois. What do you think the governor's next step might be here? Where are we in that appeal? So the governor, uh, filed a notice of appeal yesterday. Um, But, you know, the long legal arguments to, you know, support that appeal won't be filed for, you know, at least several days more, probably. Uh, And we have no timeline. You know, courts kind of work on two speeds, uh, faster than you'd think and slower than you'd expect or like. Um, I think a lot of superintendents would have liked for, you know, some sort of... uh, a stay on the temporary restraining order while the appeals process played out. If we remind to rewind to this summer, you know, districts were making these decisions on their own protests at school board meetings, like we've seen across the country. And it was kind of a relief of sorts uh, when in early August, the governor uh, said, you know what, we were seeing the uh, rise in the Delta variant and we are going to, uh, you know, re-implement the school mask mandate. And so, you know, the individual school boards didn't have to bear that responsibility. But, um, you know, here we are, we're in a bit, of, we're in a legal limbo and we, there are no easy answers and there's no, um, there's no way to know how fast this will, um, you know, happen. And yeah. the more, the, the more days that go by um, with, you know, the mask optional and the, the kind of crazy patchwork that uh, schools have worked out from themselves, whether they're going to abide by the temporary restraining order or not, the more it's like, you know, you can't really put the toothpaste back in the tube. Anecdotally, I've heard from teacher friends, you know, who said, you know, even just yesterday, the first day in their mask optional schools, yeah. as the day went on, they say saw more and more kids take off their masks. And that's, you know, that has a lot to do with, uh, the feeling inside the school and what is accepted. And that's Mm going to vary a lot from region to region. Almost out of time, but I do want to bring in one last caller to join the conversation. Here's Valerie in Naperville. Hey, Valerie, welcome to Reset. Hi, thanks for having me. I just wanted um, to note something that I thought was really important. And um, for those listeners who are listening to Heather's statement regarding mental health um, challenges that have been arising and um, just to really validate that certainly there are mental health concerns that are valid and important in um, our culture and our society in the Chicagoland area. However, it's also really important and, and for me as a mental health provider myself to understand that um, correlation of mental health problems right now with the COVID-19 virus does not infer the causation of that. And I think it's really important for listeners to understand that there's research and data that comes behind looking at things like suicide and mental health. Um, and that data and that research is so important. And so for a lay person, just simply to say that the mask wearing perhaps is causing depression and suicide is, is really um it's not only unfortunate, but it, it's really risky to be making those statements without the data. We'll have to leave it there. Thank you, Valerie, for calling in. If you did not get a chance to get on air today, I know a lot of you have called. Our number where you can leave us a voicemail is 888-915-9945. Again, I encourage you to leave a voicemail with your comments at 888 915 
888-900-9945. And we can play those tomorrow as this will be an ongoing discussion. We've been speaking with Hannah Meisel, Illinois government and politics reporter for NPR Illinois, Wheaton parent Ronick Maceria, and Barrington parent Heather Dusick. Thank you all. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.